praise the Lord, hallelujah. Hello my friends, I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks, so happy that you're with me uh, today, joining me live actually as we are kind of uh, snowed in right now, so I'm ministering to you today from my home, and I welcome you uh, online with me uh, into my house as I minister the good word of the Lord to you, and I would have liked to have been in the studio today, but it just is not possible. I think over the next few hours, there's going to be about uh, 15 inches of snow. So it would be a, a situation in which I could get snowed in and not get out. But it's great to be here with you today. And I just want to welcome you to grab your Bibles and sit down and relax. Maybe get a cup of coffee or hot chocolate. Praise God. And uh, enjoy the good word of the Lord today. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Father, we give you praise and glory. We thank you for your goodness and we bless your name today. Praise God forever. Now, uh, let's begin today by receiving the tithes and offerings. And I want to just say uh, thank you for all of your generous giving, your faithful giving to the Lord. It is really helping us to do so much for the gospel. And it is also helping us to continue to do the necessary remodeling and upgrades that are needed on our ministry offices there in Moravian Falls. We have been able to do a lot just over the last two months. That includes a new roof on the fellowship hall. It's been completely paid for. It looks really, really nice. We rejoice and we praise the Lord for that. We also have, uh, have accomplished brand new windows, 13 new windows installed there uh, at the fellowship hall. Uh, many other things done. A lot of painting work was done. Uh, and this was not just a, a rush job on the painting. This took several weeks where everything was sanded. Any, any wood that was old and maybe needed to be replaced was uh, uh, taken out. New wood was put in. Uh, everything has been painted that could be painted. It looks so much nicer. And the uh, new metal roof for the sanctuary has been ordered and paid for. And it will take about two more weeks before it comes in. And then because of all the rain that we've had in North Carolina, uh, we're just waiting our turn in line for when they install that. And it's really going to, I believe, help that facility be ready for the next 100 years. The building is 141 years old. So a facility like that needs some TLC, some tender loving care. And I believe a metal roof is going to help it also with this longevity because asphalt shingles are very, very heavy but a metal roof is much more durable, uh, will last much longer, a 50-year uh, uh, you know, warranty on the roof, but it will be ready for the next 100 years, that building. You know, if you drive by these old barns out in the country, uh, they've got those old tin roofs, and some of those roofs have been there for over 100 years. You get a metal roof, it really is a good investment. So thank you for helping us here at the ministry move forward with all of these needed uh, projects in order to run the ministry smoothly and efficiently. And that's because of your gracious giving, and we are very thankful. So we will be making the payment for the install on the metal roof once the workers come out. So your extra giving, any special seeds that you would like to sow in order to reap a gracious harvest from the Lord, uh, we can put that towards the metal roof and have it paid off completely. Uh, the materials are already paid for. We will just be paying for the labor of the install. Praise God. You know, the uh, church sanctuary roof is quite steep, and also, those of you that have seen it, it's quite high also. So the install, normally, if you just do asphalt shingles, 
you know, a day the roofers are done. But this is going to take about a week uh, because of the metal and because of the steep slope of the roof and also the very high bell tower. But my friends, it's going to really look nice when it's all done. And this is something that, you know, should you come and visit the ministry headquarters, you can see where your money went to. You can see that your money was sewn into a uh, very viable project that you can feel good about in your heart uh, because this is a historic building. And I have a a journal, uh, maybe it's a log book would be a better reference for it. And it's, uh, it's literally about this thick, like a big encyclopedia book. And it's got the records of the church history and the uh, archives of every pastor, the record of every pastor who's ever pastored that church over the last 141 years. Praise God. And of course, I'm the last guy in the log. <laughs> but should the Lord tarry, you know, we just trust that these facilities will be so well taken care of that they're ready to go for another another hundred years. Now, personally, I'm a little biased. I don't think we're going to, uh, I think it's all going to be wrapped up before then. But, you know, uh, then again, a hundred years back, I'm sure they thought the same thing. But either way, we just want to serve the Lord and do our best. And so thank you for your giving. Thank you for your faithfulness in your tithes and offerings. And I'm just believing that God will allow your projects, your dreams to be able to be, how can I say, uninterrupted, that you can just continue to step forward into that without any interruption and any delay. You can just move forward on everything that God has called you to do, just as we are doing here at the ministry with these vital renovations. Praise God. And you know what? We've got almost two acres there on the property. Once we get everything spruced up uh, with the current facilities, I believe by God's grace we'll build something new out on the, uh, the grassy area, which is almost one acre of beautiful land. I believe we can build an event center uh, where we can uh, gather together on special occasions and have special meetings and uh, host the presence of the Lord. So I just believe that until the Lord comes back, all of us will be continually, uh, continually expanding. This ministry will continue to expand. And of course, God's intent for you is to never draw back, but to move forward as well. So thank you for your giving. Everything that you do uh, with your financial donations, there's a harvest coming back where you also will experience continual increase in every area of your life. Praise the Lord. Now, those of you that like to mail in your tithes and offerings, please send them to Stephen Brooks International, P.O. Box 3456, Mooresville, North Carolina. Our zip code is 28117. If you would like to bring the tithes and offerings in online, you can do so by visiting the ministry website, stephenbrooks.org, and there is a link there called Tithes and Offerings, Sow and Reap. And you can click on that and bring them in day or night uh, here into the ministry headquarters. They come in, they arrive, they're prayed over, and they are received with thanksgiving and joy. Praise the Lord. Heavenly Father, I pray for your people that with their dreams, and with their goals and with the plans that you have for their individual lives, that you will move them forward with uninterrupted progress, that they just continue to expand and increase in every area with everything in their life always being well-maintained and taken care of and everything in their life moving forward in the new dimensions of Isaiah 54 verse 2 where they are continually expanding outward enlarging the place of their dwelling. We thank you, O God, for ongoing increase in 
Jesus' name, we all agree and say amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, it's kind of nice to be snowed in here in North Carolina. It's not so much the snow that kind of like um, shuts everything down as it is the ice. So, you know, you can have a big old four-wheel drive truck uh, with off-road tires. You can even put chains on your tires. But you know what? That stuff doesn't do any good with ice. Uh, that, those things work well with snow, but you get into ice. It doesn't matter if it's chains. It doesn't matter if you have a tank. I've even seen the uh, big bulldozers slide on ice before. So that's the challenge we have whenever we have these uh, storms. It's not really the snow. It's not the cold temperatures. It's all of the ice that we get. And when you have a, you have a road turn into a solid sheet of ice, you, you just can't drive on it until it melts. So it gives me some more time to kind of just work on my book, which I'm looking forward to doing uh, later today and relaxing, having another hot chocolate with Kelly. And um, who knows, I think we can maybe even go out for a walk today and uh, walk on top of the snow that's on top of the ice. Praise God. Amen. Today, let's take our Bibles and go over to Mark chapter 2. And we want to talk about those divine moments in your life. It's not every day. Maybe it's not even every year. But those divine moments in your life when you have an opportunity to give somebody a lift. And I want to explain that here in just a minute as we jump into Mark chapter 2. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we go into your word, we ask you for revelation, uh, understanding that we can see these events in the life of the Lord Jesus and understand the larger picture. And very importantly, Lord, help us to understand your principles, uh, spiritual and natural laws that are immutable. They cannot be stopped. They operate day and night. Help us to see them and understand them. And Father, help us most importantly to work with them. Now we give you praise in Jesus' name. And around the world today we say amen. Hallelujah. We're in Mark chapter 2. And let's begin in verse 1. And again, he, that would be Jesus, entered Capernaum. And after some days, after some days, and it was heard that he was in the house. Immediately many gathered together so that there was no longer room to receive them, not even near the door, and he preached the word to them. I think this is very important. I, I would like to speak to those who feel a call into the ministry. Uh, I, want, I want you to understand something very important about ministry. Uh, of course, in the ministry, uh, Jesus divided the ministry into what are known the five offices within the church. Uh, you have the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, and the teacher. Not all prophets can teach. Uh, you know, not, not all evangelists can prophesy. But you still have these primary five different offices. But here's what you need to know if you're called into the ministry. Whether you're called as a prophet or a pastor or a teacher, it, it doesn't so much matter that calling as it does that Whatever you're called into as a minister, you're going to have to be able to minister the Word to people. And that's why it says here that He preached the Word to them. Preaching is proclaiming the gospel. Teaching is explaining the gospel. I like preaching. I, I like the shout. I like the energy. I like the anointing that's on a man or woman of God when they're, when they're preaching. I like the fire. Uh, I also like the teaching where somebody unlocks the scriptures and explains them to me and helps me to walk in the light of God's will and God's word. 
I like both of that. Uh, but the main thing that you need to know if you feel that you're called into the ministry is that you're going to have to be able to minister the Word to people. And if you're not called the minister of the Word, whether preaching or teaching, then probably you're not called into the ministry. And, and, and that's okay. Like I've said many times before, out of you know all the people in the body of Christ, only about 15%, somewhere right around there, are actually called into full-time ministry. So uh, if you are in that, that small portion that has that calling from the Lord, and it's really only the Lord that can do that, uh, you need to understand that your primary calling is to preach, teach, minister the Word. And Jesus just did that all the time. I know sometimes people think, I'm tired of the Word. Uh, no, you need the Word all the time. And Jesus knew that people needed the Word. It's the Word that builds faith. And the more of the Word that you have in your life, uh, the more solid you are in your convictions and your beliefs. And what the Word of God will do is it removes, uh, how can I say, fuzzy areas, gray areas, areas of doubt and unbelief. A lot of people have a hard time receiving because they don't even know if it's God's will for them or not to receive. What, what do they need? Well, they need the Word because the Word begins to clear all of that up. So if you do feel in the, uh, a calling, a draw to the ministry, just know that it all centers around ministering the Word to people there's many other things, of course, in ministry. Uh, there's the gifts of the Spirit. Uh, there's, you know, visitation of people that, you know, there's weddings, there's funerals, there's uh, ministering to the sick. It just goes on and on and on. But the core of any ministry still comes down to this, ministering the Word to people. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So if you, if you sense that, if you sense that's something that you love to do and you like to do, then the Holy Spirit will help develop that anointing to minister the Word. Now, verse 3, Then they came to him, bringing a paralytic who was carried by four men. So here is a man who's paralyzed. Uh, he can't walk, he can't move. He's laid out on this little, this little bed, and he's carried by four men. Oh, praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We'll come back to that special point here in just a minute. Verse 4, And when they could not come near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. Well, let, let's break that down just for a moment. They could not get to where he was because of the crowd. This is where, although it's God's will for you to receive, although God's not holding back a blessing, this is where some people uh, get, um, they get a little bit overcome by the situation, by the hurdle, or by the mountain, or by the challenge, and they say, well, maybe... Uh, maybe it wasn't God's will for me to have it. I didn't know I, didn't know I was going to be blocked. I didn't know I was going to have these obstacles. Well, just because it's a challenge doesn't mean that, you know, God doesn't want you to have it. You just have to realize that there are many different factors in life. There's also a lot of things that we don't know. And if they pop up along the path, you have to be flexible and you have to be willing to learn and to grow. I, th I think sometimes people think, well, the, Lord, the Lord's work is real small. I'll just walk right in. Obviously, Jesus has nothing to do. I'll just go in, sit on the front row. He'll minister to me, and I'll be fine. But you get there, and you realize, wow, this is a mega ministry. This, this is touching the lives of people, and there's thousands of people here. I, ha I had no idea. Well, you, you know, it, it's just growth, and it's learning about the ways of God. So don't give up. Just be determined that you're going to receive. Um, I really believe that when the Lord does have something for you uh, to receive, your healing, or a miracle, or a breakthrough, or uh, you know some type of gift or something like that, I believe actually there are there are challenges 
in order to get there. You know, there may be a special service that you're supposed to be in, and you just sense in your heart that if you get into that meeting, you're going to get a miracle from God. But going or trying to get to that meeting, it's like all hell breaks loose. All kinds of crazy stuff begins to happen. Uh, you know, maybe automotive problems, maybe, uh, you know, some kind of just stuff rises up and and you're like, what is going on? I'm just trying to get to a meeting. Well, what's going on is the enemy is trying to block your blessing and circumstances and all kinds of things, and sometimes also just life in general. So you really have to be a person where you just dig your heels in and you, you say, okay, well, I didn't know that was going to happen, but that's not going to deter me because I know that today is my day. Today is my day and I'm going to get to Jesus and he's, he's going to release that anointing and I'm going to be healed today. Oh, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Lord, we give you praise today. So be, be determined. It's not just going to easily fall on you. You'll have to pursue. You'll have to persist. And you'll probably, you'll probably have to push yourself. Now, this is nothing beyond uh, what God would call you to do. It's not like you're going to have to climb Mount Everest or something like that. But it does mean that when that, when that moment is there, you have a destiny moment, you really need to respond to that and be determined that you're not going to be denied. And if something does try to deny you, you find another way to work around that. Praise the Lord. Lord, we give you praise today. When they could not come near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. I like that. They, that probably wasn't on the, on the plan in the morning when they got up, but that's just something they had to develop along the way. So you have to be flexible. And if something pops up unexpectedly, don't let it stop you. Don't let it make you turn back and go back home and say, well, I guess it wasn't God's will. No, you've heard the word ministered and you know what God's will is. So you just need to keep moving forward a different way. So when they had broken through, they let down the bed on which the paralytic was lying. Pretty amazing, pretty bold faith. Verse 5, when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, son, your sins are forgiven you. Now, We've talked about this before, when Jesus saw their faith. And I want you to understand that faith is not some kind of uh, intangible, ethereal concept, you know, uh, like Star Wars, you know, where you have the force. Well, what is the force? Well, we don't really know. We can't really identify it. It's just something, some kind of, you know, something out there, you know. So, you know, that's, that's in the, the movie world, okay? But faith is not some kind of... Uh, uh, unreal thing. Faith is very real, and it says that Jesus, uh, it says he saw their faith. What an amazing statement. When Jesus saw their faith. Well, how, how do you see faith? I believe that you see it through corresponding actions, and there's always a work that you can add to your faith to move your faith project forward. You know, last night I was I was driving home and I was meditating uh, on this story and I heard the Lord speak to me and say that when your faith is ready, your four men will show up. Woo! Hallelujah. Well, I, I'm, not, I'm not expecting four men to come show up and carry me on a bed. I, that's not what I need. But what the Lord is trying to tell me and what He's trying to tell us is that when your faith is developed, and your faith, when you're really locked in with God and your faith is matured and it's time for the miracle, suddenly, here come four guys to carry you. Wow, isn't that amazing? And I believe that when your faith reaches that point of, of just knowing that you know that you know that today is my day and now is my season, now is my time, 
then suddenly whatever it is that you're believing for shows up. Whatever that you need appears. I don't even know if this paralyzed man knew these four guys, but you know, he just wakes up and the paralyzed man is like, this is it, today's my day, and I'm gonna go see Jesus and I'm gonna get healed today. The next thing he knows, he's got four friends, <laughs> four guys ready to help him out. Maybe he didn't know them, maybe he didn't. But you know what? Sometimes it's hard to pull people together. Sometimes it's hard to pull four people together to do something. But yet, suddenly, they all have free time. They're all, they're all like coordinated as far as like, let's do this. All the logistics are worked out. And uh, you know, they're all on board with the faith project. You don't have anybody saying, let's not go up on that roof. That's too dangerous. No, they're all in on it. And it's just amazing that when our faith is ready, and that's our responsibility, then whatever you need to get you there, it just appears. It just appears. And if you need four guys, then the four guys are going to show up. If, if you need uh, provision, the, the provision is released. But there really is a maturing of our faith. I think it's very important to understand that, that your faith grows just like muscles can be developed and muscles grow. Your faith is like a spiritual muscle and Maybe when you first started out, you just believed God to get the basics met, you know, nothing extra, just, you know, let's just keep our head above water. But, but then as you go on, you begin to use your faith. Your faith gets stronger. Now you can believe God for greater projects, greater things. Hallelujah. But you'll realize that when your faith hits that level, it's, it's where you believe that you know it's done. Mm, that's, that's the moment when the four guys show up. Praise the Lord. So that's why you want to always work on your faith, stay in the Word, keep your faith strong, because there's things you're believing for. And if you can just get your faith up to that level where it's strong enough to lift what it is you're believing for, then suddenly, when you reach that point, suddenly the thing that you need, it comes into your life. I've seen it happen over and over. Glory to the Lord. Hallelujah. So these are things we can work on. This is why we need to stay in the Word and keep developing this because we all have promises. We all have things that God has spoken to us. And so you have a faith assignment. And when your faith is at that level where you believe it's done and that it's the will of God, and also you'll always waver in your faith if you don't really know if it's God's will or not for you to have it. You have to get that settled up front. If you get that settled up front, then your faith can lock onto it like a bulldog locking onto a T-bone stake. And you just don't, you don't let go. You continue to receive the Word and receive the Word and your faith develops. It hits that point where in your spirit, you know, I've got this thing. I don't have it yet in the natural, but I already know beyond the shadow of doubt that this thing is done in my life and it's happening. That's the moment the four guys show up and say, hey, uh, we can take you to that meeting if you'd like to go. Yes, today is my day. Let's go. Pick me up and let's get going. <laughs> oh, glory to God. There's no accidents in the spirit realm. It comes right on time. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven you. Praise God. Well, let's move on down to the bottom of this story uh, and skip down to verse 12. Uh, verse 11. I say to you, arise, take up your bed, and go to your house. Immediately he arose, took up the bed, and went out in the presence of them all, so that all were amazed and glorified God, saying, We never saw anything like this. Praise God. Your faith, your faith, believing God, taking God in His Word, can bring things into manifestation 
what others look and say, wow, we've never seen that happen before. Somebody finally broke through. Yes, hallelujah, glory to God. They broke through together. They, they certainly did. The man broke through it because he's no, he's no longer paralyzed. He's walking around carrying his bed, all, flex, all flexible, all limbered up and feeling good, ready to go. What a miracle. Well, Pastor Stephen, that's a wonderful miracle for him. We're happy for him. But the other four guys, all they got out of it was, you know, just some good exercise. They lifted him up on the roof and uh, tore the roof open and, you know, lowered him down with the ropes. That's a good back workout, good workout with the biceps. But that's all they got. No, my friends, that's not true. You have to understand that if the Bible were to explain in detail the overflow blessing of those who walk according to the God's principles, if, if every blessing was recorded for every person who did something that was right, this, this Bible would be so thick you couldn't carry it. It would be bigger than a stack of Britannica encyclopedias. You just couldn't carry it. The Bible does not have time to go into all of those details, but I'd like to tell you today that those four men who gave him a lift, don't think for a moment that they walked away without a blessing. Woo! Hallelujah! God saw what they did, and God will always honor those who are willing to help others move forward. Now, I want, I want to make a statement. Let this go into your spirit today. Helping someone else reach their goals does not hinder your progress, okay? Helping someone else reach their goals does not hinder your own progress. See, there's some, uh, there's some people, even some Christians, who would say, why, why should I help that guy? Yes, he's paralyzed. You know, I, I don't want him to see him paralyzed, and it would be nice if he got healed, but why, why should I help him out? What's in it for me? Oh, my goodness. You need to understand spiritual laws. Glory to God. Helping someone else reach their goals does not hinder your progress. What did these four men get out of this? Now, I know that when they were helping the paralyzed man, in a sense, you help people because you love them. But there are times when the Holy Spirit can give you an opportunity to do good, to give somebody a lift, and it might not even be somebody who's a friend. It might even be somebody who wasn't even nice to you, but you know that the Holy Spirit wants you to give that person a lift. Ah, glory to God. Now, I'm not just talking about grabbing the, the corner of the guy's mattress and carrying somebody, okay? Uh, you're probably not going to have an opportunity to do that. We're not trying to replicate exact stories. These are, these are real events that happen, but they're also illustrations of how we can, you know, tap into the same grace. But you will have those moments where you just sense in your heart, I need, I need to do something here. I, I have the ability. I have the authority. I, I, have the, I have the grace to do this, and I'm going to do it. doesn't matter if the person deserves it or not. It's just something where you know, I'm going to give this person a lift. And you know what? It's great to see that they're going to get blessed, and I'll go on my way because I know the Lord will take care of me too. Glory to the Lord. Pastor Stephen, do you have a verse to back that up? Yes, I do. And I'd, I'd like for you to uh, see it. Of course, this is in Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 6. Thank you, Lord Jesus, today. This is Ephesians 6, verse 8. Knowing that whatever good anyone does, 
he will receive the same from the Lord. One more time, knowing that. See, some people don't know it. They, don't, they actually think they're losing by helping. They actually think, well, if I help him, I can't do what I'm supposed to do. Um, I have no doubt that those four men that carried the paralyzed man, those four men, it's not like they're sitting around with nothing to do. Everybody's busy. Everybody has somewhere to go. Everybody has something to do. So they had, they had something going on, but they just, they just knew this is a God moment. This is a destiny moment for this guy. And so we're going to help this guy. Woo, hallelujah. Mm. And you, you have to know when to give a lift. You have to be sensitive. You can't help everybody all the time or else you would never get your stuff done. But there are those moments. There are those moments when you know you can do this. And it's those special times when something special can come back on your life. Ephesians 6, 8, knowing that whatever good anyone does, he will receive the same from the Lord. The same from the Lord. Now, whatever good thing you make happen for another, God will make happen for you. I like that. Ooh, think about it. Whatever good thing you make happen for another, God will make happen for you. Praise the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. You know, um, I was uh, walking through a church one time. This is uh, where my pastor was pastoring at, and th this was my home church when I was in the traveling ministry. So when I wasn't on the road, I would come and, uh, you know, just go back to the base church and hang out, stuff like that. It was fun. There was an associate pastor on staff there. His name was Ralph. We all called him Ralphie. He was really nice. And uh, one day he saw me while I was at church, and he said, um, he said, hey, Stephen, how's the ministry going? I said, it's going good. And he looked at me, and he kind of had that twinkle in his eye. He said, hey, he said, do you need some more meetings? I said, uh, I said yes. <laughs> I said, yes, I could use some more meetings because, you know, my ministry was beginning to get some momentum, but I still had a lot of open dates on my calendar. Now, at, th at that point, I was trying to work my schedule. I could still do some work and you know, still go out and do ministry. So I was really burning the candle on both ends. But I said, um, I said, yeah, I, I could use some more meetings. He said, um, he said, grab, uh, grab a, like something to write on in a pen. And he took his phone and opened up his phone, one of those old flip phones. And uh, he said, write this down. And he gave me a name of a pastor, gave me his phone number, gave me a name of another pastor, gave me his phone number. And these aren't just numbers to the church where you get the secretary. These are the pastor's personal cell phone numbers. And so he gave me 10 pastors, all of good churches, and gave me 10 personal cell phone numbers to each one. And he said, just call them and tell them that Ralphie referred you. I said, okay. I said, I said thanks, Ralphie. I really appreciate that, man. That's really nice of you to do that. And he goes, ah, glad to do it. And so um, I, I went home, and uh, I think it was the next day. I called the first pastor on the list. And I said, hi, uh, this is Stephen Brooks. And uh, I'm friends with Ralphie, and uh, he told me to give you a call and said, uh, you know, that you know, he just believes my ministry would be a blessing to your church and uh, said I should give you a call. And the pastor, just right off the bat, he said, he said, when do you want to come? And I was just like stunned. I thought I would have to maybe explain who I was and give him kind of like a briefing of my ministry and stuff like that, which would be normal. But he just said, he just said, when do you want to come? 
I said, well, I could be there in two weeks. He said, great. He said, see you Sunday morning. <laughs> and so I called the second pastor. I said, hi, I'm Stephen Brooks. And uh, Ralphie told me to give you a call. And uh, he, th he believes my ministry would be a blessing to you. And uh, so I just wanted to give you a call. And the pastor goes, he goes, when, when would you like to come? And I was like, I was thinking, wow. And I said, well, I, I could be there in three weeks. He goes, good. Okay, we'll see you then. And it just went like that, boom, 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 right down the road. I mean, it was amazing. And these guys were, these pastors were plugging me in, not to like Wednesday night meetings or Sunday night meetings. They were giving me Sunday morning services. Even one of the pastors I called, he said, you just wait till you get to my church. He said, you wait and see the offering that my people will give you. He said, you are going to be blessed. And I was just like, wow. And, you know, Ralphie gave me all of these contacts. Now, those of you that are in the ministry, you know that a lot of guys, they keep their cards real close to their chest. A lot of, a lot of traveling ministers, they wouldn't dare share their contacts because they feel like if they share something, they're giving something away, and for them it would be a loss. But Ralphie wasn't like that. And, you know, Ralphie had an overflow. He had more invitations than he could ever go to. He was an associate pastor on staff of a very large church, but, you know, when he had some free time, he'd go out and minister. But he just, he had so many invitations. There's, there's no way he could uh, even touch a quarter of them. So um, he was very, very gracious. Um, I, saw, I saw Ralphie like a few months later. And uh, I said hi to him. He goes, hey, did you call those pastors? I, I said, yes. I said, I've even already ministered at some of their churches. He said, you did? I said, yeah. He said, you actually called them? I said, yeah, I called every single one of them. He, and he just looked completely puzzled. And I, I said, why, why is that? Uh, is it, wh what's up? He goes, oh, Stephen, he said, there's been a few other ministers that I, you know, I tried to help also, gave them some contacts, and they never even called. They never even called. And he said, you actually called every single one of them? I said, yeah. I said, I've got meetings lined up. And not only that, the churches that I did go to and minister, that's created more meetings. <laughs> but he was happy for me that I actually followed through. See, what did he do? He gave me a lift. And that lift, that, that lift just, it just opened all kinds of uh, doors for me. But see, if you're willing to give somebody a lift, you yourself will never be stranded. Ralphie was never stranded. He, he's in heaven now. Uh, he lived his life out. He, he kind of had a shortened life, had some health problems. But um, everybody loved that guy. But he was never stranded. He was always loved. People loved him, and uh, he, he never lacked anything. So my friends, when you're willing to give somebody else a lift, God will see that you're never stranded. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. But he knew, he knew that, that day that when he saw me in church, from his perspective, that this is a moment for Stephen. And Ralphie was thinking, I have the grace I have the power to bless this guy. I've got more contacts than I could ever use. And Stephen is in a season where he's growing. He's in a season where his ministry will bless people. So I'm going to do something for Stephen. And he flipped open his cell phone and gave me those 10 pastors. And, you know, there was a lot of those guys. I went back to their churches multiple times. And that one church where the pastor said, you just wait till you get to my church. And I'm going I'm to let you, my, my people really bless you. Well, I went, and they did. I was like, wow, praise the Lord. So, you know, he really, he really gave me, Ralphie really gave me a really good lift. And it didn't, it didn't pull anything away from him. It just empowered him. Wow, praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Lord, we praise you today. Whatever good thing you make happen for another, God will make happen for you. You know, you might not need a job. 
you may have a you may have a dream job and you love your work and you're happy but you may know somebody that needs a job desperately and you know you know there's a department opening maybe within your corporation or something like that 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 person would be perfect for but you don't tell them well i'm not going to tell them why should i do that how's that going to help me you know, that's the way some people are sometimes, but when you recognize divine moments where you have the ability to lift, oh, if you lift, and, and you know God's in on it. You can't, you can't lift everybody, but you have those moments when, yes, you can do something, you know something that could change literally that person's life, and you sense that God is in on it, then you need to take advantage of that, and you need to go ahead and do that, and uh, be, one of, be one of the four. Be one of the four that lifts that person up. See, that great miracle in Mark chapter 2 never would have happened without those four guys. Mm. Without those four guys, you and I wouldn't be reading that story. Mm. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. It took those four men to give the paralyzed man a lift. And I believe that what they did, God honored them for that. God blessed them for that. Whatever good thing you make happen for another, God will make happen for you. Praise the Lord. You know, back in the early 1900s, there was a very godly man in India. His name was Sundar Singh, and he was an apostle that took uh, the Christian message from India into Tibet. And in order to get there, you would have to travel over a very high mountain range, uh, you know, and when I say high, I'm not talking like seven or 8,000 feet in elevation, but I'm talking much higher. This was really the Himalayan mountain range that extends to that area. So all the mountains were real high. So in order to cross that back in those days, you know, you just crossed it on foot. No oxygen tanks, uh, no uh, high-tech, uh, you know, clothing and coats like we have today. So he makes the journey. And he met another man that was making the journey. So that they, they decided to travel, travel together. It's better that this other person was an unbeliever. But you know what? At least you've got somebody to walk with. And uh, you're going through a pretty rugged area. So it's good to at least have uh, somebody else making the journey with you. Well, uh, Brother Singh and this man were making the journey. Real high mountain pass. And it began to snow very heavily. They got caught up into a blizzard, but they are continuing to make progress walking together. And uh, as they continued, they found a man in the snow laying there unconscious who was not dead. He was still alive, but barely. And Brother Singh said, we must help this man. We need to lift him up and carry him and take him with us. Uh, and uh, Brother Singh's companion said, oh, no, we can't, we can't do that. We're just trying to survive ourselves. We, we can't help this guy. We can't give him a lift. And Brother Singh said, I can't leave him here. He's still alive. And the other man said, well, I'm going on. You can stay and help if you want, but I, I'm going to keep on going. And so that man left and stayed on the trail and kept on going. And Brother Singh, at high altitude, uh, with great elevation, you know, because you, you struggle to get one leg in front of the other if you've ever gone up high. Uh, you know what it's like on your lungs and what it's like on your mind and how everything is like in slow motion when you're trying to walk. Well, if you've seen pictures of Brother Singh, uh, you can Google him sometime. He was a very, very uh, muscular man. Not that tall, but very, very strong physique. Well, he picked the unconscious man up and put him over his shoulders and began to carry him. Now, you can only imagine how difficult that must have been at very high altitude. Well, he starts carrying him, and it's so difficult, and they're in blizzard conditions. Brother Singh could hardly see where he was going. 
but he began to get so hot because he was carrying this man, it began to warm his body temperature up, and all of that heat begins to get transferred up into the, the cold body of the man that he's carrying. Well, all that heat kept going up into that man's body, and that man began to uh, come back, and he, he, he became conscious, and he was still too weak to walk. Brother Singh is still carrying him, but that man is actually starting to revive. And so this effort to save somebody is actually uh, turning to be an element where it's really preserving Brother Singh. Well, he continues to walk on, and he continues on. He gets further along that path, and guess what he finds? He finds the other man who kept going on his own, who was only in on his self-preservation. He finds that man has now succumbed to the cold, and he's died. He has already given in to the cold. He's overtaken. He's already frigid. No pulse, nothing. He's dead. So that man, trying to save his life, lost it. And Brother Singh, laying his life down, actually saved his life and the life of somebody else. So the moments, it's not every day, maybe not even every year, where you have special opportunity to give somebody a lift, and you, they don't know. You can open the door for them that they can never open. You can make a phone call to, for them on their behalf that they, will, that they could never make. Uh, we, all have, we all have connections. We all have different access into different areas. And sometimes you find yourself in that place where you could really do something to help somebody. And you have those, those special moments when you know God's in on it and He wants you to do it. Some people don't do it because they think, why should I? What's in it for me? I'll tell you what's in it for you. A spiritual law. It is also a natural law. Whatever thing you make happen for another, God will make happen for you. Praise the Lord. Lord, we give you praise today. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Well, I can tell you many, many stories. Um, I, think, I think this is something that we need to consider because I really believe that this week you're going to have an opportunity to give somebody a lift. And I believe that you'll respond with the grace of Jesus Christ. Um, I think of the story of Pastor Jack Hayford uh, who told about the time he was getting piano lessons. And um, uh, Pastor Jack Hayford in his own right you know, having musical talent and musical gifting was getting some lessons from a, from a person who was teaching him. And this person was playing the piano. And uh, while, he was, while this man was playing a song, he did a very technical uh, change that was very, very beautiful. And Jack Hayford said, um, he said, could you show me how you just did that, that, that chord changed and how you moved into that different key? That was a beautiful transition. He said, I've never heard that played before. And the man closed the keyboard uh, you know, put the lid down over the keys and said, nope. He said, I will not show you. That's just between me and Jesus. <laughs> How immature. How silly. Now, Jack Hayford, of course, goes on uh, in the 1980s to write some of the most popular worship songs that were sung all the churches all the world. And so he's the one that breaks through as being a well-known uh, musician uh, with songs that churches are singing all over, all over the world. And the other guy, who knows who he was. Uh, you know, but that could have been something where the guy could have given a lift to somebody and he chose to be selfish and to not do it. Look, some of these things can be just as simple as giving a lift on a recipe for peanut butter cookies. And somebody says, wow, those were some good cookies. Can I have the recipe? No, that's just for me because my grandmother gave it to me and I'm not sharing it with anybody. So I, I realize there's some things you can share, some things you can't. I mean, you can't say, hey, Coca-Cola, why don't you share your recipe with me? They, they can't give you a lift on that. That's their own um, secret thing. That, that's, that's something you shouldn't ask for anyhow. But there are other moments 
where it's legit, it's okay, and God's actually in it, and you sense, Lord, I could do something here. It's their time. It's their moment. Uh, maybe they're my friend. Maybe they're not. But Lord, I'm going to do something here to help this person out because it's the right thing to do. And you give them a lift. And I want you to know those four men that lift that paralyzed man up, I can assure you, we don't, we don't have it in Scripture because if everything was put in Scripture, remember, the Bible would be so long you couldn't carry it. But I assure you, based upon spiritual and natural law, that a blessing came back on those four men, and those four men were never stranded. And if they ever needed the lift, you know it was there. Why? Because they gave somebody a lift when he needed it, when it was his divine moment. Praise God. I really believe that in the next few days, you're going to have an opportunity to give someone a lift, something special, something that you could do to be a blessing. Praise God. If you do it, the Lord will bless you for it. Praise God. Whatever good thing you make happen for another, God will make happen for you. Helping someone else reach their goals does not hinder your progress, but assures that you will always be blessed and that you will never, ever be stranded. Praise God. Lord, we give you praise today. You know, I think about a product that a hairstylist invented uh, some years back. Uh, this has been over, I can't remember. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Uh, this has been, uh, I don't know, maybe, maybe 20 plus years ago. But there was a man who was a hairstylist in, in, the, uh, in the UK. He was trying to figure out a different formula to dye men's hair, you know, a different color. And so he had his own little laboratory and is working with all of these dyes and all of these chemicals. And he ends up with a product that is uh, highly heat resistant. And uh, it was called Starlight. And it was a material that was so amazing that, that Boeing and NASA and all of these big government contracting companies, they just thought this is one of the most revolutionary products we've ever seen. And we don't know how this guy has made it. We don't know the formula. We can't replicate it. We can't, our, our leading just can't touch it. And this would have been something that would have made the tiles on the space shuttle look archaic. This, this stuff was just mind-blowing. But you know what? Uh, I think it was Boeing that offered him like a billion dollars uh, if, they would, uh, if, he would share, if he would share the formula. And he never did. And uh, he's just like, nope, I'm going to keep it to myself. And he died, and he never released the formula for what could have been a revolutionary product that really could have blessed humanity and he could have been rewarded for it. So I believe there can be moments when you can lift humanity. Woo! You can lift somebody. You can lift, you can lift a, whole, a whole nation. Praise the Lord. Mm, thank you, Lord Jesus. You can lift a whole industry. Lord, we give you praise. But you have to recognize those moments and take that opportunity. You'll never be stranded. You'll always have the lift that you need. God will see to it. Heavenly Father, I pray for those that are watching today that they be sensitive to those moments when they can be that blessing and they can lift somebody else. We thank you, Father God, that we understand this is a spiritual law, that whatever we do for somebody else, whatever good thing that we do, it's going to come back to us. You're going to reward us. You're going to reward us. You're going to bless us. So we thank you, Father. We thank you for wisdom. We thank you for the right time to react, wisdom to see those special moments. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. See, somebody's going to give you a lift as well, and you're going to go on in your calling. You're going to go on in the plan that God has for you. Just like the paralyzed man needed four guys to show up, there's going to be a time you're going to need something to show up. 
But because you give others a lift, God's going to make sure that you always have the transportation. For more information about the ministry of Apostle Stephen Brooks, visit our website at stephenbrooks.org.